Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Yes, this is Eric Engel with another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. I'm here with my beautiful, fantastically <laughs> talented wife, Jolene Engel, for another episode. I'm so glad the, the listeners can't see how you make me blush. <laughs> it's nice to be, I guess, audio today and not video. Uh, well, they can't see I'm sitting here in my sweat to either with my hair sticking straight out. So <laughs> I don't mind. Anyway, uh, what are we doing today? Today we are continuing on in our series of the foundations of a biblical marriage and family. So that is um, the new series that we launched just uh, last week. Okay. And we talked about God's plan for marriage. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss what kind of marriage are you building? Oh, this is a good one. It is a good one because we all build something in marriage. And if you're not building it, if you're thinking, well, what do you mean? What kind of marriage am I building? Just know that if you're not building a marriage, if you're not intentionally building it, you've, you're in essence building a crummy marriage. Absolutely. By neglecting it. Absolutely. Well, and uh, we're going to talk about several different types of marriage. And, and I don't know personally that I've heard anyone else talk about this. Uh, maybe they have. And, uh, but uh, anyway, I'm going to pat myself on the back right now and tell, me, <laughs> tell myself how wonderful I am for figuring you this out. Wonderful. But I'm sure I'm not the first. Okay, but uh, we want to talk about different types of marriages and ultimately the one that God wants for us. Right. Okay. Right, because so, we could go about building several different types. So the first one is the one that we, we naturally start to build, and that is the self-centered marriage. The self-centered marriage. Me, my, me, myself, and I marriage. You know, I want it my way and all the time. Well, because many times, if not all times, we enter into marriage as to what's in it for me. Right. Okay. What am I going to get out of this? What does she do for me? Or what does he do for me? What, uh, you know, I, I feel this way and I want to, I feel loved and I feel this. Seldom, if ever, do we say, hey, what can I give to this? What can I bring to this? It's more, (laughs) what can I get out of this? Right. Because our our nature is to be self-centered right okay so if you have a marriage where you're constantly at odds there's a there's a pretty big chance that there's a lot of self going on in that marriage by by both parties if you're constantly at odds constantly filled with strife so it's it's hard you know to stand back and and examine your heart and and realize yeah i really kind of you know created some of those issues because i put myself on the throne and and here's something that i want to discuss because two christians could be listening to this they're both believers and they might think that they have a christ-centered marriage but a christ-centered marriage has to be built it doesn't it doesn't just happen because you're a believer and i'm a believer okay well look here's the deal you can have two Christians who are married and they think because they're Christians and they're married, they have a Christian marriage. No, they could have a completely secular marriage that has nothing to do with Christ, even though both of them proclaim to be believers in Christ and be Christians. So, you know, going to church on Sunday and, and 
with the family does not necessarily equate to having a Christ-centered marriage. You know, oh, well, we go to church on Sunday. Right. You know, but does the actions and, and attitudes within each spouse reflect Christ? Well, and, and I'll bring in some of my history that, that maybe some do not know, but I was married to a gal for nine years before I married you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she would come to me every year and go, I'm not happy. Are you happy? And she professed okay. to be a Christian. Professed to be a believer. Right. Okay. And yet it's all about, I'm not happy. Okay. And the Bible, and this is my answer. First of all, the Bible doesn't, doesn't say that we pursue happiness. The Bible uh, challenges us as believers to pursue obedience to God. Right. Okay. Right. And then and obedience doesn't feel good. No, not all the time. No. But there comes a joy from the Lord. Yes. But I'm not happy. And by the way, just for the record, I'll let everyone know that uh, she would tell me I want a divorce. And I say, good for you. I'm not giving you a divorce. Okay. In your loving way. In my, lo- in my loving way. Okay. So on my birthday... On my birthday. In her loving way. <laughs> in nine years later, she came and said, I filed for divorce. And, you know, basically, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to me. Right. <laughs> okay. And my response was, I'm not leaving. Okay. Because, first of all, I knew God hated divorce. I didn't want to get divorced. Although I had lots of people and lots of believers saying, hey, you should get out of that thing. Right. I was like, No. I know what the Bible teaches. I know what God wants. Okay. So anyway, uh, that's that's the short version of that story. But uh, I'm not happy. Are you happy? It was a self-centered On thing. that part. In, uh, in, in that relationship, right. it was self-centered. Absolutely. So every person has to ask the Holy Spirit to really examine their heart and the minute we do that, the second we do that, we're, we will always see our, our sin. Oh, hey, by the way, she did follow through with it, so I had no choice. Right. But the Bible did say if an unbeliever leaves, let them. Right. Okay? Right. So, so anyway. Anyways, a self-centered marriage, every marriage goes through those it ebbs and, and flows into all of these types of marriages we're going to discuss today. I would like to say that maybe the last few days that my marriage was a self-centered marriage on my part, you know, because really, well, I was just off, you know, and you're laughing over there because you're like, hmm, how are you today, dear? (laughs) What kind of wife am I going to get today? You know, sweet, kind wife, or is she going to bite my face off? (laughs) That's really interesting that you choose the podcast to admit that to me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, whether it's a podcast or a video or just you and I sitting in a chair, I mean, God knows my heart. God knows I'm vile. You know I'm vile. If the listeners don't know that by now, then I I don't know what to tell them. I guess they could find another podcast where the podcast hosts are all perfect. You know, these two are not. You're you're not going to get, you know, these plastic, phony, baloney people talking about marriage we're real we do bring the hard stuff i mean there as i was watching harvest last night when i said to you i'm like i think that the lord i think one of my giftings is worship because i just i just love it and you're like well so have you tried singing and i'm like no you know i know i can't sing there's just my soul is just so alive and so awake that wouldn't it be nice if that were my spiritual gift because who doesn't love like 
a person who does worship. Okay, right. everyone loves that. But when you bring a message like the message I bring to the women of today's world, oh, I'm hated. And it's just like, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. This is what he's called me to do. You know, and so there's that side of me that says, oh, can I can I water down this message a little bit more for the listener? And my next response is, oh, no, I'm not compromising the word of God. No. Okay. And so I know it's a hard message, but it's the right message. Okay. So what would you say are the the, the earmarks? Is that the right word? Maybe this, uh, but what, how can I... A test whether I am being a in a self-centered marriage okay well the easiest way is when you you hear you feel the pricking of the Holy Spirit you know telling you hey you know you're, you're not the Messiah here it's not all about you so I need to get off the throne and right. put Jesus back there where he belongs right because we, we say as believers well Jesus is my Lord but do my actions and attitudes really, really communicate that message? Because if you're not, if I'm not asking for forgiveness in marriage, if I'm not at or saying I'm sorry, if I'm not serving you, um, considering you, then how am I any different than somebody in the world? Okay, so let me let me give a great uh, phrase that will kind of summarize this, at least for men and their wives. Uh, if you live your life with the mantra, happy wife, happy oh, life. Oh, yeah. Okay? Uh, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> you're outside of God's will for what, marriage. What that, means, what that means is that you're married to someone who is in a self-centered marriage. Yes. And, and that's exactly what that statement means. Right, right. That it means nothing more than... Uh, she's in charge we got to make her happy as opposed to saying as a man i need to honor the lord in this because right. it's not all about my wife because if if it's all about your wife then she has become your lord right and she she loves being there too right and if you're a wife listening to this don't get caught up in that dumb lame saying because you're just breathing in satan's toxic fumes of oh let me just keep deceiving you and then you wonder why then you really wonder why your marriage isn't the type of marriage that god intended and the type of marriage that your soul longs for okay because you're outside of god's will as that wife where it's all about me it's all about me it's all about me i mean i i could be that wife all day long I was that wife the last the last few days, and it was just I was just wrestling with stuff, and it, it's interesting because we had podcasts recorded. I'm like, I'm not recording any podcasts. I'm not doing any more podcasts. I mean, I was just in a in a state of probably like a three year old throwing a tantrum. But I know the minute I sit down and start serving the Lord, my soul gets refreshed. My soul gets strengthened and I get poured into by the Holy Spirit. So I have to learn to get off that throne when things aren't going right. You right. know, it just, it just seemed like the last few weeks, anything I touched just kind of fell apart. Well, that's the story of our life. But, right. Uh... I mean, but they don't know that. It was just like, why? For example, I went to go record a video. And you know this. And I was just like, this is just ridiculous. I'm never recording another video again. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you not throwing the equipment across the room. I appreciate that. 
you know, I sat down, I checked the sound, the video feed, everything's fine. I get up, I walk away, and I come back, and there's there's no video feed. That I'm like, what? You know, so those just little irritants, we all have irritants, whether whether it's the irritants of what's happening in the home, what's happening outside in the world. It's easy for those things to make such a powerful impact on our state of mind and how we go about life. And you always have to keep that in check. So a marriage, even though I'm trying to pursue Jesus in my marriage, there are going to be days when the marriage is all about Jolene. There are going to be days when the marriage is all about Eric because we are sinful people. But the goal is to always try and redirect back to making the marriage about Jesus. So the first one is that that self-centered marriage. Okay. Okay. What's number two? Well, and I kind of touched on number two. Number two is the spouse-centered marriage. Okay. Because there are some controlling spouses out there. Well, the spouse-centered marriage, I, I mean, that's what all these love songs are about. And that's what TV's about. It's just like, oh, he worships me or, you know, it, it's it's putting that that spouse up on the pedestal and someone says, oh, she's such a great wife. Oh, he's such a great husband because look how he treats her. I mean, she's she's just a, a goddess to him or, you know, their and, whole world is wrapped up in their spouse. Right. OK, so you have that that side of the spectrum. They're, they're, they're like just so enamored with their spouse well and it doesn't even have to be enamored but it but it can just be that my purpose in this marriage is to be all about make it all about him or her him or her right right okay so because, you have that side and, okay. and and there's even a pride in that is like oh look at what a great spouse i am is how how i treat my wife right how i treat my husband and there's look you want to treat them good yes okay but, but the, the sole purpose is to glorify God in, in the treating of them. It absolutely. Is, but here's the deal. If you worship your spouse or you put the spouse as the center, they become the God of the relationship. Right. Okay. And they will fall at some point. Now, I've said this before, and I, I, I don't want to admit this, but I do make a crummy God. Okay. Yeah, of course you do. I make a lousy God. Okay. And so if you put me on that pedestal and you you make it all about me, I'm going to fall and I'm going to screw that whole thing up. It can't be about me. It can't be about you. Right. R- right. You know, generally in a new marriage, it kind of goes like that because they're, they're enamored with each other. And then the person falls. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, did I marry the wrong person? Right. Okay. So newlyweds will have that tendency to be so focused on the spouse. That's and, a great point. Yeah, but there's an, there's another side to the spouse-centered marriage. So you have the newlyweds that are just smitten with one another, which is a beautiful state. I love watching the newlyweds. I love seeing that. But there's also that, okay, just be careful. Just be careful you don't take that too far. Okay, and ultimately, you know, they will have a dose of reality and realize that the guy's not perfect and, and neither is the gal. And hopefully they recover from that point of, that that sense of infatuation and then they they put jesus back on the throne okay that probably takes about nine months into the marriage for that to happen but anyways here's the flip side of when it's it's really bad okay that's just a cute phase right okay but here's when it's really bad is when you have that controlling spouse whether it's a male or female 
and you are walking on eggshells in their presence because you don't know how they're going to come home that day. That is you then as the wife. I, I have a spouse-centered marriage because I'm doing everything I can to keep the peace because well, I don't know when he's going to explode. Well, that's the spouse on the other side of the self-centered marriage yes. is that I'm trying to keep peace and I'm trying to make this thing work. Right. So I'm going to, they're self-centered and I'm going to spouse center. Right. Okay. Which, man, it's just a disaster. It's a right disaster. There. But I know a lot of wives who live in that state. And I also know husbands who live in that state that their spouse is so self-centered that he's doing everything he can, happy wife, happy life, and it's like you're now you're now feeding the monster. Right. Okay, don't do that. You gotta get out of that pattern. Okay, if you're in that pattern, so how do you get out of it? That's probably a whole nother podcast. But if you if you know that you're doing things solely to please your spouse and it it you know it's not pleasing to the Lord. You know that you've put that spouse in a position that it's in an elevated position. Yeah, you you need to have some conversations with them. Obviously, they're not spiritually mature enough. Okay, we'll continue in a moment. But first, if you're self-employed, own a company, or work for a company that would like to grow their business, this message is for you. Hi, this is Eric, and you may know that I'm a sales and marketing consultant. I fix defective marketing and grow businesses and have developed a scientific marketing process called the Total Dominance Marketing Program that allows you to double your business in a year or less. This process uses brain science to connect with your prospect in a way that forces them to pay attention to your marketing and advertising message and come to this one simple conclusion. I would have to be insane to do business with anyone else but you, regardless of price. This is a physical CD program that we normally charge $197 for, but I am willing to give you a copy for free. All you need to do is pay $6 for shipping and I will send it to you right away. To check it out and get your free marketing program, just go to freecd.info. Not .com, but .info. That's freecd.info. Because someone is going to dominate. The only question is, will it be you? Unfortunately, we can only make this offer to residents in the United States. So let's get back to the conversation. And I also know that there's probably a listener who's married to an unbeliever who is probably that self-centered spouse. So how does she or he deal with that? And they're trying to win them to the Lord. Right. So in essence, they, they put them in that position where they can't. They can't. Okay. Uh, you know, you always you, seek to please Jesus first. Absolutely. If you're married to an unbeliever, yes, you you serve them as the Bible teaches you to, but Jesus comes first. So and, here, let me give an example. Okay. okay? Um, if you're an unbeliever, if if you you as my husband were an unbeliever, and you could be demanding, okay, based on your personality, you, I cannot. <laughs> I'm so easy. You know, I know I have a responsibility just based on what the Bible says to respect you and to submit to you. Okay. Okay. So I will do those things as long as you're not asking me to sin. Okay. I'm not going to submit to your sin. That's not biblical. Okay. So I will respect you, but I will not deify you. I will not bow down to you. Okay. okay, so that's kind of like a okay. measuring stick. So, so I'm an unbeliever. You're a believer. I say, hey, I don't want you to go. I don't want you going to church. Oh, 
I'm sorry to hear that. You're more than welcome to come, but I will be going to serve my Lord. But wait a minute. It's about me, and I'm an unbeliever, and you're supposed to try to witness to me. And, and that's how I just witnessed to you in that moment. Right. Okay? Right. So that's where it gets really like, how do you discern between um, what I should and shouldn't do with that unbeliever? Well, okay, but let's talk about, let's talk about, you are married, you're married, I'm married to a believer, but he's barely believing. He, he has um, the title, Christian. Right. But he's not going to church. Oh, and, and he see, wants to do sport eating events on Sunday. We see that all the time. All the time. All the time. He's a believer, but he wants the family to go race car driving or I don't know some athletic thing on Sundays. And I'd be like, "We'll we'll come, you know, after right. church." I mean, softball, baseball, football, soccer—it's never ending. Yeah, volleyball, whatever ending. it is. Yeah, right. You know, I would be very much of yeah. I'll, I'll be coming once church is out. I'll join you. I'll meet you there, okay? Because my Lord comes before my husband. And husband, I sure hope you could appreciate that. But see, I'm still doing those other things as a wife. I'm still respectful. I'm still submitting to you, but not your sin. Because you're asking me to go outside of God's word in that moment. Because God's word's clear. Don't forsake the assembling of the saints. Right. Okay? So I'm going to try and line myself up as a wife to do what God has called me to do. You know? I, as a wife that's married to either a believer, unbeliever, or barely believing, as a wife, I'm having sex with you. I'm respecting you. I'm submitting to you, not to your sin. Okay, I'm still doing all those things. I'm considering you. I'm praying for you. I'm forgiving you. I'm being forgiving. And so then it makes it very easy for that wife to say, I would love to meet you at that sporting event or whatever after I go to church. Because he's going to look at her and say, I got a great wife who... She treats me so good. But why does she treat me so good? Because she's so committed to following Jesus. Right. It's about him. It's right. about Jesus. It's not right. about him, little right. age. And, it's, and, and so anyways, you have the spouse-centered marriage, the self-centered marriage. Any marriage could have those issues going on and, and always being mindful of going back to Jesus. Okay. So here's the, the all-time happening, all-time. Number three. Number three, the child-centered marriage marriage right i mean that is motherhood i just call it the black hole you know it's the never-ending black hole your job as a mom it's never done it's never done they always need more and they could consume your entire marriage if you let it and that's where the biggest problem i see in the church today I've never, honestly, I've never seen anything like it that even when I, not being raised in a, in a Christian home, our family, we did the sporting events. My home Your was- Your family would have been a child-centered- Oh, hands down. It's a child-centered, it, it's all about the kids in the sense of the sporting events, because our family was all about sports. You know, we lived and breathed sports. So, but it was just really interesting to see how in the Christian um, community, how this, this has just seeped into the, the marriages where it's all about the kids. And I, I don't well, understand that. The, the world says, hey, the children are a future. It's all about yeah. them. I mean, you know, people will give up their entire lives to serve the kids. And the Bible says that the children are a blessing to the parents. Right. Well, and just the term stay-at-home mom, when, when did that happen? I mean, we didn't hear about that 20, 30 years ago, stay-at-home mom. 
Okay, because that's the identity that the woman has taken on um, in the in the home. She's a stay at home mom. And I can remember when we got married and it asked my occupation and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not married to the house. I don't want to list housewife. Right. Okay. So me being who I am, I'm just going to buck the system just because that's what I do. I create mutinies. I'm like, here's my occupation. I'm a wife. And then when the kids came, I would write down my occupation as a wife and mom. Okay. Because that, that is my career. Right. Okay. And that and insults in that, in that order. In that well. order, and that insults so many women because they think that that's all that you've amounted to. And I just kind of laugh, and I'm like, "So how's your relationships going?" You know, that's 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 really funny, and and it's so absurd because God has elevated this position, right? Okay, and they're gonna say, "Oh, that's all you are." That's like going toe to toe to God and saying, "Hey, I know better than you do." You know, I mean, try it. Try standing toe-to-toe to God and see how that works out for you. Yeah, it's not going to work out well. But in that child-centered marriage, I have to ask myself, are my kids consuming my world so much that, that wait, I don't even have time to be a wife? Do I have time to be your wife? That, Or is it is it just I'm in full-on mom mode? Well, here's the other thing. Do the kids get the best of the parents before they get the best of each other. Meaning, uh, if let's say I come home from work, uh, do the kids get uh, get most of me first? No. Or does my wife get most of no, me I, first? No, I get it. You know, uh, because they'll do everything for the kids. Everything for the kids. And, and, you know, there was this idea years ago that children should be seen but not heard. Okay, right. uh, that is just horrendous to think of that today. No, but that doesn't mean that children were not loved. Okay, right. All it meant was that there's an order. Well, look at the kids today, the the millennials. Look at what's happening in our world and how these kids are so self centered. I mean, part of it, in my opinion, goes back to how they were raised. It's all about the kids. Right. If you're if you're living in a child centered marriage then you're training people to grow up and be self-centered in their marriages. Right, right. So that is the biggest problem I see in, in Christian marriages today, that there's an overemphasis into raising up that godly offspring. And it's hard, it's hard to figure that out. I had to learn to figure that out early on that I'm like, okay, something's not jiving with me. If I'm I'm trying to be that godly mom, you know, it's on the job training for me. I don't have those examples. I want my children to follow Jesus. But in the same breath, I'm like, how do I make sure I don't lose my marriage in the midst of motherhood? Well, just a simple example. We could go into this more. Maybe we will when we talk about the kids, the kids and the family and such. But one thing you made it a point to do when we would have meals is that I got served first right? before the kids. Now, kids are probably screaming and throwing stuff and doing all the stuff they do, <laughs> right. okay? And they're hungry and, and cranky and all that. But it was always, sit there, be quiet while I serve your, your father first. Your father, first. yeah. Okay? Yeah. And you were saying to me and them that the order of the marriage, this is the order of the family and this is the order of the marriage, and he's the head of our home. And I'm serving him first, which 
what'd that do for me? That made me feel like a peacock, right? Oh, yeah. And so I'd go, I'd fight to the death for you. Right. Okay. Especially, and you would, and you did. Don't be treating my wife like that. That's right. If any one of those kids think they're going to treat you a certain way, it right. ain't going to happen. Right. So the woman really has to figure out how to make sure um, she reigns in her children to not engulf her, her marriage because um, the husband doesn't want to feel like you know, the third or fourth or fifth child, however many children are in the family. Right. He doesn't want to feel like that next one. And you got to take off that mom hat. But anyways, that's, we, I don't want to go too much into the child center marriage. Just, you, you probably know, the listener probably knows, yeah, that I really kind of, I'm in that situation right now. I need to come out of it. I need to schedule time with my husband. Well, and it's something that people will just slip into without really realizing. Oh, goodness. I mean, those children are just like so demanding and screaming and whining. I mean, it's a constant. Just the other day, I was just like, oh my gosh, all these people in the home, they keep calling my name. I need to get out of here. Uh, and and my, my, <laughs> my kids are older. So it was just like, I can't even think. Hey, even even now at almost 16 and 18, they'll still walk downstairs and go, where's mommy? Right. Okay. Right. It's just like, hey, she's in the restroom. Give her a break. Right, right. So, you know, the, the, it's interesting to have that much influence in the life of your kids, which it is how God designed it. But you have to be able to lead them in such a way where it's not, they know it's not all about them. You have to lead them in such a way where you teach them it's all about Jesus. Uh, which is which is what we did. And we'd point to them, look, this is not about you. Yeah, we would even say. Stop your tantrum. It's not about you. Right. It's about Jesus. And you we, better get that straight. We, we would say, this is not worship Noah day. This is not worship Seth day. Because both our boys went through those phases where they were so self-centered. And I can remember saying it almost on, on a daily basis. That this is not worship Seth day. You know? And... They kind of look at us as these preteens, kind of like, what does that mean? And then over time, they got it. They got it that you got to be able to put your kids on that path to teach them that it's about Jesus. And we, we live for Jesus and Jesus has an order. And that order is the husband and wife come first. You know, the husband and wife don't get the leftovers after the children have sucked the life out of you. Okay, because usually that's how it is. Right. And you got to figure out how to undo that. So. Self-centered marriage, spouse-centered marriage, child-centered marriage, and then the one that you want to pursue is a Christ-centered marriage. Christ-centered marriage. Sounds great. What does that look like? That we uh, do what the Bible says to do according to the scriptures. You know, uh, as a wife, I'm called to respect you. As a husband, you're called to love me like Christ loved the church. You, We're not to neglect each other's needs. There are basic needs in a marriage. Okay? Mm-hmm. Basic needs. Having sex with one another. I could say, well, I don't feel like having sex with you because I have, there's no feelings there. (laughs) And I already went through all that as a woman that I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, and so you could have that, the physiological side. So the wife has to learn how to stir up that love. Well, stir up that passion. And ultimately, that's still about Jesus. Right. Okay. It's all about him. Okay. This relationship needs to be right so we can worship so we can preach the gospel so we can do all the things for him imagine if our marriage yours and my marriage was an absolute train wreck would we be doing this podcast right now no 
No, because it would be about our kingdom. We'd be throwing things at each other. Right. It would be about us. It'd be about our kingdom. And so one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about teaching wives how to have that biblical marriage is because I know each believer has been given a spiritual gift. Now, not every believer has unwrapped it. They haven't figured out what it is. And that's okay. It took me five years to figure out what mine was. But mine didn't even go into being exercised until maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years after that. Mm -hmm. Okay? Right. So each believer has a spiritual gift. Each believer is called to go build God's kingdom. Each believer is called to evangelize. There are things, there's a mission and a purpose that God has given every single believer. But if your marriage is a train wreck, you can't do those things. It's almost near impossible to do those things. And if your marriage is a train wreck, then you could expect your family to crumble soon after. Okay, so now you have this crumbled family unit and you're in a constant state of reacting because your life isn't right. How will you go out then and fulfill the Great Commission and do what God has called you to do if you don't get these other things in order? Absolutely. Well, and I don't know if uh, this, uh, if you're listening, if you remember Keith Green, but he had a song and he just had a line in the song that said, it's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. Okay. And, and I, I've, I've referenced Job in the past where Job went, he is a righteous guy, but he had all this calamity and he was kind of focused on himself. Well, kind of, right. kind of woe, woe is me. And we could all understand right? why. Right. And, and it was at the time when he, when he started praying for his friends that God restored him because his eyes were off of him. And, and God made reference to, uh, to forgiving his friends because Job had prayed for them. Right. Okay. So he got outside of himself and decided, hey, I'm going to minister here and, and got his eyes focused where they should be. And I'm not going to say your, your situation always turns around, but things are not. I'm waiting for Job 2.0 to happen in our life. They, they are not <laughs> nearly as bleak when you are focusing on Jesus and you're ministering rather than what was me and looking at hey, my stuff. Hey, that's and, pretty much when I go focus on the Lord is the only way I get out of my pity party. It's the only way I get out of myself. And I know that. I've learned that over the years. Um, but it's it's an intentional act because it requires effort. And sometimes I would pr prefer to just be lazy and undisciplined. But anyways, that Christ-centered marriage um, always points back to Jesus. The, the things that I'm pursuing as a wife and the things that you're pursuing as a husband are all biblical um, concepts. They're principles and they're verses that are designed to make for that beautiful marriage that every every married couple wants. Well, right. Here's the great part about it is that that is the best marriage for you. You don't go, oh, I'm just like giving my life up for Jesus and, and this just sucks, right? No. I mean, your relationship becomes so great because of that. So if you want that great relationship, that's the only place you can go. Right. So not getting into roles, because we will discuss the biblical role of a husband and the biblical role of a wife, which will be so, oh, so controversial, which... That's just right up my alley and your alley. So we will discuss the roles in the next few podcast episodes, but a Christ-centered marriage goes back to doing what the Bible says to do, even when we don't like what we've read.
because who is the creator of marriage? God is. And when we seek to please him in all of our ways, we will naturally have that Christ-centered marriage. So those are my thoughts. They're excellent, excellent thoughts. I'm Eric Engel. You can find me at ericandjolene.com. And I'm Jolene Engel at joleneengel.com. Until next time.